<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Got another dude! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-Line U, bunch of dudes. Lot of dudes. Yeah! Welcome to the Lot of Dudes podcast, presented by Fourth and Dude, Season 2, Week 4, December 6, 2008. That is the day that the Boston College Football Eagles were last ranked in the AP Top 25. On December 6, 2008, the top song was Low by Flowrider and T-Pain. Yes Man by Jim Carrey had just been released into theaters, and Matt and I had not graduated high school yet. Coach Adazio and the Eagles ended the unranked streak this weekend, winning a shootout with Wake Forest on Thursday night by a score of 41-34. to On today's episode, we'll break down the huge W, talk dude or pood, and let you know what the maroon and gold got to do to keep the undefeated streak going against Purdue. Matt, what a time to be a Boston College football fan. Uh, Thursday night was probably the most fun I've had rooting for this team in a very long time. We obviously kept it going on Sunday with the rankings released. The BC universe is completely abuzz, Twitter, message boards, uh, etc. And it's honestly just a hell of a lot of fun to be a part of, and I'm ready to keep this wave rolling along on Saturday. Yes, man. I will say this. Yes, man's an underrated movie. Yeah, I thought I thought um, you were going to go back to that because I was surprised how quickly <laughs> you moved on. But yeah. Um, really, really enjoyable film. Speak of an enjoyable uh, situation, uh, Thursday was a lot of fun, Matt. That was a, that was a fun night to be a, a BC fan. Uh, just the, the style of play, uh, the offense coming coming alive. Uh, we haven't seen anything like that in a long time, and it's going to be a hell of a ride this season if it's anything like Thursday night. BC is the 23, 23rd best team in the history of college football. In the history, yep. Go. All, yep, all time. We're only going up, baby. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, again, I think I think you nailed it. The offensive explosion continues to amaze uh, really everyone across the country, but especially Boston College fans. If you look at basically the stats from when AJ took over as the feature back, I think, what, uh, like 10 or 11 games ago? I mean, the numbers are, you know, quite frankly, jarring compared to what it was before that. So, uh, AJ who? AJ Hill. You mean you mean Brown, Anthony Brown, Matt? Fair, fair point. That, fair, uh, that's the cornerstone of our football team. That's a, that's a very, that's that, a very right? fair point. We'll get into that. Uh, that I guess I don't want to say it's a debate, but uh, the fact that we have two Heisman candidates in a little bit—that's officially a good thing, by the way. Um, well, I'll, I'll start just talking about Tony touchdowns. He had a quote prove it game, uh, and he shoved it down the haters' throats. I think a lot of people were saying, "Yeah, well, you know, yeah, he looked good." You know, kind of at the end of the year when it stopped mattering, he looked good against Holy Cross and UMass. He came out and he shut the haters down instantly. Uh, what do you have? 304 yards, 64%, five touchdowns, currently leading the nation in passing efficiency. The Heisman wheels are in full go. I, obviously, that was one of the big question marks coming into the year is you know that the defenses are going to stack the box against Dylan. Do we have any other source of offensive firepower? 
Uh, and turns out we absolutely do. And the Holy Cross and, and UMass games were not just flukes. Uh, we actually have a, a pretty darn good quarterback back there. Uh, I, I want to give some credit first and foremost to, obviously, to, to Tony Touchdowns. Uh, but the receivers, I tell you, the receivers played great. Mm-hmm. I thought the game plan was outstanding. Not everyone thought that, which I thought was was interesting. Um, it, it's I'll tell you, it's not Boston College without Daz haters. But uh, I, I thought, really, it was a, it was a pretty pretty solid game plan anytime you put for, put up 41 points that's a pretty good way to do it Matt um, I know everyone was like everyone was frustrated and we were getting stuffed on the runs but uh, I thought they did a great job you know setting up Wake Forest to play the run you know they continue to play more aggressive stack in the box and um, they threw every every single play action we tried worked the receivers were getting separation uh, that was a that was a really really good offensive performance uh, by everyone involved in my opinion and and I don't want to say Wake Forest has a great day but anytime you do that on the road against an ACC foe uh, that's pretty impressive yeah and, and and you know I think watching it live it was almost a more frustrating first half than it actually should have been I think you know obviously beyond the first uh, the first AJ drive and a couple big plays a lot of it was they're bottling up the 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 run why aren't we throwing it more why aren't we doing play action when you watch it back and I, I watched the uh, you know condensed game that basically takes all the individual plays and melts it down to like a forty minute YouTube video when you watch it back it just seems so obvious that the team is going to completely explode in the second half and they were just setting them up perfectly uh, and it really worked to perfection so credit to Leffler and credit to Daz uh, I'm also while we're giving credit want to give you some credit uh, in the season preview pod you said your breakout dudes of the year were going to be the receivers a couple of them over a thousand yards I think was your prediction so hat tip to you uh hat tip to Adazio everything coming up Matty T right now I gotta say and hat hip Cheevers on the defensive side of the ball was my official breakout dude if you remember oh well he's um, having a celebrity year right now uh, he I, I I just I don't know when we're gonna have a game where he doesn't have a turnover and he almost had three of them uh last game uh if you do have one area concern though it is probably on the defensive side of the ball not the D-backs they were outstanding uh, again, uh, Hamp had a turnover. Will Harris had an enormous turnover. That was uh, the you know, that was a grown man's that was a grown man's interception. Yeah, it was, and uh, I tell you, he's he's an underrated guy back there. And then Taj, uh, Lucas, don't forget Taj had that break up on fourth down in the end zone. I think it was on Dorch uh, down the stretch. Great. That was a humongous play. And by the way, the on fourth pick that, fourth down, right? Yeah, exactly. In the back of the end zone, and the pick that Hamp Cheevers missed. Uh, that was also on fourth down. He read it so perfectly, and it just happened to be a little bit of an errand throw that went over his head. But that was the cleanest pick six we were ever going to see, and just absolute to perfection. And unfortunately, it didn't I, work out. But I don't know if I, it was I an errand throw. I think that was a uh, well, whatever. But I, 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 I love depends his which one you're talking about. No, well, so I don't want to nitpick here, but he 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 played way too aggressive on that fourth and six. When yes, they that's what I'm referring on our to. Twenty. Yeah, they converted that, man. Yeah, so no, I know that. I'm saying throw. he missed it okay. by a centimeter, and it was going to be such an obvious pick six, whatever. We are nitpicking at this point. It was a pretty perfect performance, at least on the two main sides of the ball. Uh, well, so the front seven, I guess I'll say, is is a little bit concerning. Um, and I know people were, were very concerned. I don't think I am. I don't know how you feel about it, but, um, you know, Wake ran 103 plays, right? Yep. Is that right? Yep, exactly. Uh, uh, right in that range, 105, something like that. And with our explosive offense, our defense was was on the field for mm-hmm. uh, you know every time that they they got a stop, they were they were back out there about five minutes later. I don't think we'll play another team like Wake. Um, I think Clawson is a, is a really good coach and puts together a pretty good game plan himself. Um, so I want to say this was an isolated performance by the front seven, but it just seemed like they couldn't really. Uh, it seemed like they were gassed first and foremost. Uh, the linebackers weren't really filling the holes that we're used to them seeing. Not a lot of penetration on the on the D line, with the exception of Wyatt Ray, 
who is a stud. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm concerned uh, about that. I do think we we have some playmakers, uh, but both on the line as well as, as in the linebackers. I don't think they had their best game, but I, I wouldn't call it an area of concern right now, just based on the way Wake plays, right? Yeah, I'm completely with you. Again, my concern is pretty much mitigated as well to the exact points that you said. Uh, 105 plays in tremendous humidity, by the way. I mean, a hurricane bowling down. It was like 80 degrees at kickoff and something crazy humidity. So, and and these guys too. Keep in mind, had not played you know, basically a full half of football yet, um, or I guess closer to three quarters because they played, what, about a half against UMass and about a quarter against Holy Cross. So, you know, they, they definitely were in game shape. And, you know, obviously we came out of it with a win, so it's okay. But had we lost, I think we'd all be looking back and being like, well, you know what, it actually was a pretty unfortunate break in the schedule that we had a team that's probably going to be one of the, you know, most up-tempo offenses that we play all year, you know, in our first real game uh, playing against that speed. But, Again, you know, watching the game back in the first half, they were doing a much better job of kind of containing those holes. Uh, but it's that wake style and the running backs you saw that they kind of got into a rhythm of basically getting the ball, stopping for two yards or for I'm sorry for two seconds behind the line of scrimmage, waiting for a hole to develop, you know, and then and then going. So I think it was that wake style of play that's you know quite frankly pretty unique, combined with the guys just getting heavy legs and getting a little tired in that in the heat and the and the up tempo that eventually it just kind of became this perfect storm of things just you know, opening wide open. And, and you know, to Wake's credit too, by the way, that, that's a pretty good two-headed running back attack. Uh, Colbert and, and Carney, those are, you know, two shifty small guys that can uh, explode through holes. So again, overall, my concern is pretty mitigated. The pass D, which is what we knew was going to be our strong suit, looked phenomenal. Run D looked fine when it had to. And again, we still had a couple standouts on the defensive line, which similar to years past when everyone keys on on Landry and someone else can break out. Kind of a similar thing, I think, developing here with people keying on Zach Allen. Agreed. Uh, I think that covers the date, Matt. This is more fun when we disagree. Uh, I know. Well, you know what? It's it's more fun. It's more fun. It's more fun when we're not the twenty third best team in the country. When we're the twenty third best team in the country, there's not a lot to complain about and not a lot to nitpick about. We're not, you know, W E E I here finding something wrong with everything. So I'm going to take that as a good sign. Again, I think the third week in a row, if we are to nitpick something, it's going to be the the special. Yeah, I got a whole section for that. It's that was that was not good, Matt. I don't think it's a fluke anymore. I think uh, we actually don't know how to play special teams. I, I think if it happens once or twice, you kind of get it. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, they got to do something, and I think they will. And thank God that our schedule's you know in the softer point where we have some games where we can get away with it. Mm-hmm. But someone something's got to change. I, I don't know what it is. If it's personnel, if it's coaching. I'm not saying we need a coaching change, but they got to figure out a, a different way to deploy these guys or formation wise. You know, I don't know the, the X's and O's of special teams, but whatever they're doing is clearly not working. Uh, the, the blocked punt. Um, so another missed uh, extra point. Another missed extra point. Yeah, it's just it's it's nonstop, and this stuff's when we, we we do play a close game, and everyone gets on Daz for not being able to win close games. That's a that's a big part of the reason why. And I guarantee you, this Boston College team will play a lot of close games this year. We got to get that figured out. It, it, exactly, and and you know another main concern there. We have not attempted a field goal all year. Again, we haven't had a need to. There's been no point where we've been you know inside the twenty and had a fourth down that you know we maybe shouldn't have gone for or it was too far of a distance. So. It's, I guess, kind of a, a bit of circumstance that we haven't done it, but at the same time, I'm sure there is some, you know, coaching philosophy, which I'm okay with if we don't have a kicker who can accomplish it, but they're saying, let's be very aggressive because we don't, you know, have a ton of trust there. So definitely concerning. Uh, Carlson needs to fall on that punt. I think that's just kind of a rookie mistake. Don't try to be a hero and, and you know, squeak you a punt off the side. Wasn't here. he on like the 20? I, I don't, I, I give it a shot, right? They're probably going to score anyway if they get the ball at the 20. That's not my, my issue. It's just, you know, catch the damn ball. Well, yeah, no, I mean, obviously you know, get the get, decent yeah. snap. Yes, obviously get a snap is priority one. But I think, honestly, at that point, you know, 
the way our defense is playing rather than just giving them giving them yards. But I mean, Daz said it in his uh, post game press conference as well. But we gave up 15 points on special teams essentially. Uh, obviously, the Walker punt gave them the ball at like the 10, the touchdown, and then the missed extra points. Spotting a team 15 points on special teams on the road. If we want to kind of spin this into a, I guess, positive thing, we still won by a full touchdown. It really was two scores within the last two minutes, and we still gave them 15 points on the road. You know, to me, that is a sign of, of the things that our offense and our defense are capable of. And obviously we know that, but it just reinforces that point of if we can just shore that up and, and we end up coming out of this game winning by, you know, 30 points, which essentially is what it you know could have been if you extrapolate some things and make some leaps in judgment. But still, you know, we outplayed them offensive and defensively, essentially 30 points. And obviously everyone is very excited right now. Everyone's feeling very good. But imagine how much better we'd be feeling if we won that game 41 to 10. Yeah, although, I don't know, it's kind of fun to watch at the end. And uh, <laughs> you, saw, you saw Anthony Brown just, all right, I'll put these guys on my back. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll take know, it. 50-yard 50, 50 bomb. Uh, I, I, I agree. You know, great teams can overcome stuff like like bad special teams and, and still out, still pull out the W. Um, they just got to get it figured out in the next couple of weeks. But yep. um, I, I think the takeaway is we we beat a really, I don't want to say really, but that's going to be an eight It's a good team. Yeah, team it's a good again. team. I think, I think I know they had some close calls with Tulane and didn't look great against Towson, but they're going to give the ACC a lot of trouble this year. I think, again, Colossus sort of just this weird genius guy that knows how to, you know, uh, use what he's given. You know, he doesn't recruit that well, but the, the playmakers that he, that he does have, he uses. Um, I think Hartman's a really good quarterback. I, th- I think that, you know, obviously a true freshman is, is never a tough spot to be in, but he played pretty well. Um, so I, I think the takeaway here is they beat a, a pretty good opponent on the road um and over overcame some some uh you know some bad bounces so uh if that's the baseline i'm excited to, to see what happens when this team puts a full uh game together yeah i completely agree and wake forest as well i'm, I'm actually pretty excited for this wake forest notre dame game this weekend i think they have a very good chance Is that this of, weekend of, yeah of knocking i mean the way notre dame's looked and you know i don't oh, that's free money it, it really money is money. honestly i mean notre dame where is it it's in wake it's in Wake, and oh, they got no shot. Notre Dame has looked horrible uh, relatively for the eighth team in the country, which is a complete farce, and that's just you know typical Notre Dame. But they look bad against Fandy. They look bad against Ball State. This is you know their first real test, uh, and I'll be interested to see who Wake Forest puts out there at quarterback. I think Hartman has looked awesome and you know good enough to keep the job, but you never know if they roll with with Hinton coming back from suspension. So that'll be some interesting stuff, I guess, to see. But but yeah, no, I'm with you. No, uh, Wake Forest is a good football team, and they're gonna cause some problems in the ACC, no question. It's like a bizarro world from when we were in school when Wake and BC uh, and Syracuse, for that matter, were the complete bottom of the ACC. And now uh, all three teams, as we'll, I guess, touch on a little bit, are, hey, are making save noise. it for Duteous Corpus, man. I know. I'm saving it. I'm saving it. Uh, all right. I think that, that probably covers Wake, right? Are you, are you satisfied? Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll throw in some extra nuggets as we get into our segments here. But otherwise, I think that, uh, again, good game to put in the rearview mirror. Really good to get the real season underway and actually know that we have a competent team, a, a better than competent team on our hands this year. Yeah. Uh, with that, let's get into uh, some of our segment, segments here. Uh, dude or Pood? Matt, what's your dude? So, so the obvious one that, that that I'm sure is kind of a joint one is being ranked. Uh, obviously, this is something that we need to discuss the first time in, in a decade, as you mentioned in the opening. Coming in at 20- I don't know what to do with my hands here. I, I don't know how to how to even react to being ranked. It is it, I, is, re- it is remarkably foreign territory, and it's almost Matt, concerning territory. But I I love it. I, I was cruising ESPN.com today, and I saw the little 23 next to our name, you know, next to the BC Purdue thing at the top of the site. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just, it really hit me that, you know, I haven't seen that in, in 10 years. Yeah. 
No, it's 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 wild. It, it really is. It's absolutely crazy. And you know, beyond just the cool factor of getting national recognition, and you know, this now gets our highlights on Sports Center. Essentially, if you want to think about, they're only given you know the highlights for the top twenty-five. College Game Day could pick our games now if they're you know close games because they don't care about two unranked teams. But you know, it does bring a lot of national attention to the university as a whole. Uh, it's you know a little mini flutie effect, obviously, and we and we're not done. We have a lot more work to do to to actually expand that reach. Uh, but even on a I guess more micro level, you're seeing with the the new game times that are coming out. Like Temple, for example, is is was announced to be an ESPN two kickoff. In no world in the last decade is Boston College Temple on national television in any universe whatsoever, but all of a sudden you get that number next to you and you get a two Heisman candidates, people start to pay attention a little bit. So something is definitely happening. You know, it's only good for the fan support. I think, I think you'll see the fans show out pretty strong, uh, maybe not for the Temple game as much, but for the Louisville game, once we get, you know, a real opponent in the building, uh, I think it's going to be a markedly different uh, atmosphere in alumni stadium and, and something that, you know, as, so, as someone who, again, as you mentioned, started at BC in the uh, spring of, or fall of 2009, something that I've never experienced before. So it, it's tremendously exciting. It seems like everyone with any BC connection is now paying attention to football. The game watches are packed. Twitter's a buzz. It's it's quite a time to be an Eagle. Matt, agreed. I'll just jump right into my, my dude here because it's related. Um, my dude, we'll talk politics first. My dude is that there's a Republican, off, Republican in office. Uh, I saw the stat and it, it really bothered me, but I'll let you have your fun with it. Every year that, that Boston College is good at football, there's a Republican in office. So going back to Flutie, right? You had Ronald Reagan. Uh, go back to Matty Ice, you had George W. And the, and the Jags 2007 squad, right? Uh, obviously now with the, the whole president situation um, and we're looking like a... a I don't want to get ahead of myself because I still feel like we haven't really earned the, the 23 next to our name yet. Yeah, if you keep, if you keep this up, by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to root against BC just to spite your, uh, your point here, but keep going. Uh, Matt, some things are more important than politics, okay? <laughs> Good point. Um, <laughs> I, I did look up the – when did we win the national championship? 1940? 40, yeah. Yeah, so that was FDR. So unfortunately, <laughs> I don't think we were – Well, he had uh, like 16 you know, years suite. in there, so that's not really fair because that, that, that's just the window is too big basically to, to catch a championship. So you can let that one slide. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. But uh, I'll tell you, the, the whole being ranked thing, again, is still uh, you know completely foreign territory. It's going to be fun to, to hopefully keep it up for the next few weeks here, but, uh, but we'll see what happens. Matt, Matt I, got an, your dude? I got another dude. Uh, so – Tony Touchdowns is the nickname that obviously we've come up with uh, over the summer and into this year. The hashtag Tony Touchdowns, the nickname Tony Touchdowns, it's officially starting to catch on. It made an appearance on CFB Reddit this weekend. I happened to catch that, and I was floored. Uh, our boy Elijah. You, Matt, be honest, did you search for it? Uh, no. I, well, I So when I go on CFB Reddit, I search for Boston College, and I search for our opponents. And I like to get any information on there. So it was on a BC-related thread. Uh, but someone was like, oh, like you know, they should see if Matty Ice has any eligibility left. And someone was like, nah, like, we're good, guy. We got Tony touchdowns. So I love it. It's getting some play. Uh, our boy, Elijah Robinson, uh, big follower of Fourth and Dude, tweeted it out, got retweeted by, you know, a bunch of the coaches and a bunch of the players. So it's it's getting traction. And, you know, I think we've got it, you know, at least into the locker room. It's, it's getting on campus and all that. So uh, great job. Again, credit to us. But it is cool to see, you know, honestly, something that we've kind of started get get steam like that. So that's uh, that's my Dude of the week on top, or I'm sorry, that's not my dude of the week. That's my dude on top of obviously being ranked. Matt, I'll tell you, and and I wasn't the biggest fan of Tony touchdowns when you first. And I'll give you credit. That was that was all you. Uh, I thought it kind of stunk. Uh, how that gains traction and how that catches on, and and why Lucas Big Swing and Dennis does not catch Stun, on. You know, it doesn't. I make will sense, never man. understand. I don't. 
I don't understand you people. Uh, it's an absolute <laughs> mystery to me what you guys like and what you guys don't. Uh, By the way, Ham Cheever's Accords, I would argue that Ham Cheever's Accords is even getting more play than Lucas Big Swing and Dennis, which is that, and I can admit, and I came up with that, I can admit that that is absurd. That is no right to be. Someone a, a did tweet hampers at me the other last week. So I, I did. <laughs> I, someone tweeted hampers. All right. So uh, <laughs> agree to disagree. Too. All right, Matt, I'm ready to t- take this into a negative town. Yeah, let's Are you ready? It. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So my poo this week, some absolute idiot and i maybe he's you know i think we fall him. We, we won't follow him uh as soon as i unfollow him but Uh-oh. i think one of that the top sports writers for the heights um came out just with one of the worst pieces of journalism i've ever read um so yeah we're ranked 23 in the country we're undefeated things are looking up this guy pulls a shaughnessy and, and does a hit piece on daz and his whole thesis is how presumably loffler took over last season when we started our 5-1 and one streak after the, the Virginia Tech game um, and how Loeffler saved Daz's job, it, it, it's it's absolutely the most absurd thing I've ever, I've ever heard. A, even if it's true, how, how is Daz, who hired Loeffler and giving him you know the reins or, or whatever it is, how is that not part of what Daz's responsibilities are? Why doesn't he get credit for that? B, uh, we had the hardest slate in the first six games of the country with true freshman, quarterback, uh, running back and uh, top receiver, all uh, whatever, all true freshmen or freshmen, whatever. Um, again, hardest schedule in the country, going on the road uh, to play the likes of Clemson and, you know, play, having Notre Dame and at Virginia Tech, right? And it's just, it's one of those things where it, I, I don't know if this kid didn't watch it. He also kept referring to the Virginia Tech game as a Thursday night game last year. We know that wasn't a Thursday, that was a Saturday night game. But his whole point was like, hey, they, the Eagles look really good this Thursday, but they looked bad this Thursday uh, a year ago, which isn't true. Um, I remember that Saturday night game we played Virginia Tech. We didn't look great. We looked um, horrible. Yeah, but, we, looked, we looked really bad. Okay, sick. Why don't you side with him, Matt? I'm not. Anyway, I'm on your side. There, just, there, were, there were math errors, and, 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 and I did some research on this guy. Uh, he's a Philadelphia Eagles. No, hold on. He's a Arizona Cardinals fan from Philadelphia. Um, uh, so that, that stinks to high heavens. And fortunately, someone on the Heights or within BC, uh, you know, got some sense knocked into their heads, and they removed it from the Heights website. Uh, one of our followers did pass it along in the uh, cache version. Is that how you say that? Um, uh, I think it's cash. But yeah, is it? I overthought that one. No, um, but he, but he sent he sent along because so I was able to read the the text version. Um, but I think you know BC came to their senses and pulled it because they you know they didn't want to get sued for libel. I would I would assume. Um, were, so you gonna, anyways, were you going to represent? Poo. Were you going to represent Adazio in that suit? By the way, in the libel suit, I feel well, like that's something that you we, could take I, up in your free time. We we know a couple lawyers, so we're we're, we're well connected. <laughs> well, we run duty as corporate, so we basically action. have our have our law degree. At this good point, point too. too. It's all clicking. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it's just, it's one of those things. It's, Hey, everything's going great. I'm going to make up a bunch of reasons why Daz who hired this guy, you know, even though the, the real reason is, you know, the schedule normalized in the second half of the year and we started winning games. Yeah. The offense, you know, took a, you know, picked up a little bit, but we had the ability to play like that because, you know, Daz is electric at player development and we'd gotten to a point in the season where we could do stuff like, you know, what our offense currently did and, and, and does this year as well. So, yeah. um, that's my pood. I, I hate this guy. Um, I'd like to debate him. I don't know if people are like debating. Uh, if, you know how you can like challenge people to debates. I'd like to debate the merits of Daz um, because it's all it's all it's an easy victory for me. Daz of course, has of course absolutely revolutionized this program, and I don't want to make this whole episode about this. But come on, man. Yeah, I, I will say, and I, I, you know, 
for for all of the downs that we've had, I saw a lot of people uh, say this week, and I agree with it, that him getting this program ranked kind of validates the hire completely. Uh, like I don't think you really can look at it as a failure at this point with how barren it was. You know, even if we go out and you know just kind of go 500 the rest of the way, it'll still be. And if and if you know we decide to move on after that, or whenever we decide to move on, he still brought the program back to where it should be. And uh, you know whether it's him, hopefully, because you'd like to keep that continuity, or we go with someone else in the future. Uh, you know they're they're now taking it from a from a elevated step to take it to that next step rather than taking it from spaz at, you know, whatever two and 10 is last year and having to rebuild from the ground up. So I will give credit to him. My pood is, uh, I guess kind of similar to yours. And we've touched on this in previous episodes, but it's the still negative Boston college fans. Uh, basically the guys who have not seen enough to be happy yet, who have still not seen enough to believe in Daz. Look, we're ranked for the first time in a decade. We're playing great football. We're three and zero for the first time in a decade. This team is good. Yes, we have a lot of work left to do. We are three and zero, and there's 12 more games that we need to win. And yeah, Wake is probably you know whatever one of the middle of the pack ACC teams we'll play this year. But let's just enjoy the ride. I mean, we haven't had this much to celebrate about and this much to be excited about in a decade. Uh, you know, maybe there yeah there were obviously some highs in there with the USC win and the Andre Williams uh, you know Heisman campaign. But this is pretty out of the ordinary for Boston College fans and for. A very, very, very small minority, but a loud minority to get, you know, still finding things to nitpick about and say, all right, let's not get too excited. Get out of here. We're having fun. We're having fun for the first time in a decade. Let us enjoy this. Let us get behind this team. They deserve it. This entire program deserves it. And again, I'm, I'm proud to be a Boston College fan. And uh, for those people who aren't, I don't know what to do with you. You know, as soon as we lose, by the way, to a, yep. you know, anyone, whether it's Purdue, whether it's Clemson, I don't think it really matters because of all the hype that's been built up, and it's going to be way worse than it has been in years past, as soon as we lose a game, there will be people with their pitchforks saying, yeah. fire this guy, this is what this coach could do with this roster that, oh, by the way, Daz created. Um, it's just one of those things. And and I, I agree it's it's people, uh, there's, there's a very you know m- m- minority people in that in that boat right now, but as soon as we lose that game, I, I would say you know 50% of the fan base turns and it's fire this guy, you know, the, the fire dash Twitter starts back up. I got to tweet at him. Maybe we, when, we, when we win a couple more games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, 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 get, don't get there. Yeah, you don't, you don't re-engage him. But it, it's, I don't know, it's, and maybe it's being a Boston fan. I don't know what it is, man. I can't imagine other programs are like this. Maybe they are, but um, I, mean, I, think it's, I, I don't I think understand it's why people just can't see the long view. We have so much talent on this football team. We're going to be good for a long time. Our recruiting's picked up. We own the state of New Jersey, which is a football hotbed, Ohio. We, we, we have the infrastructure in place to be a good football team for a long period of time. Yeah, and I think there's an element to, you know, people always think the grass is always greener. But, I mean, look at it. Chip Kelly is having one of the worst seasons in college football right now. Uh, and that's, you know, I think I think every Boston College fan, maybe with the exception of you at the start of last year, would have taken that trade if they said, hey, we can swap Daz for Chip Kelly right now. I think everyone would have said yes. It doesn't always work out. So some things are, are the way they are for a reason. And, again, let's just enjoy this ride. Let's jump into Dude of the Week. We've done our Dude or Pood. I'll start. I'm going to go with with Wyatt Ray. Credit to you. Ah, you stole mine. I had a, well, I had a kind of a feeling. I'm going to give you full credit on Sack King Cole, the nickname that's getting some good play on the interwebs. We're, we're kind of red hot with our nickname, so let's keep that going. Uh, four sacks on Thursday night. Walter Camp, Defensive Player of the Week, which is a tremendous honor. The whole Nat King Cole thing, I want to just go down quickly here. This has been like news for a while. Uh, I saw it mentioned on a message board over the summer that that he was uh, Nat King Cole's grandson. 
And, you know, I didn't necessarily believe it, but just Googled the two of them. And he was mentioned in a, like, People article, I think, when one of the family members, when Natalie Cole, I think, died a couple years ago, it was mentioned. Yeah, you know, uh, her niece is a, or her, sorry, her nephew is a football player at Boston College, whatever, whatever. But it seemed like nobody knew about it until, like, two weeks ago. And it was mentioned, I think, in the Holy Cross broadcast. And it is yeah, taken and, and over. It's You'd have to be living under a rock right now to not be aware of the connection between Nat King Cole and Wyatt Ray. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, what a tremendous performance. He's like we talked about it a little bit earlier, I think being a huge benefactor of how good Zach Allen is and, and a lot of people keying on Zach, but he got a tremendous amount of pressure. And if we have that two headed monster on the defensive line, that's that's all we need. You can shut down one guy. It's very hard to shut down two guys. And the way our secondary is playing, if we get any pressure at all, that's just going to keep amounting to more and more and more turnovers. So he's a humongous yeah, he's key to this defense right now. Tied with uh, Clellan Farrell, uh, Clemson, who's projected uh, top five draft pick uh with the, the sack lead right now so that's pretty good pretty impressive i think everyone said you know everyone was prepared for zach allen to have a big year and he still definitely will i guarantee it um and we thought you know Wyatt ray was more of a you know he'd been in kind of a six-man role basketball term but you get it uh you know coming off the bench and and, and having some good plays and he was studying he was solid but if he's going to be a force this year that defense changes quite a bit for the better so completely agree um sack king call ready to, to keep those numbers pumping um, I guess I got to go with an emergency. No, I mean, that's, care. I think, I think uh, it's fair for us. I think it's fair for us to share. Well, know, no, here's what I'll do. I'll give, I'll give Jeff Smith some love here. Okay. Um, you remember how bad Jeff Smith's hands were, uh, three years ago? Well, specifically, ago, he was so bad being a quarterback, but yeah, even his first stint well, as receiver, it was not great either. He couldn't catch, right? Right. Um, two touchdowns, very impressive catch, uh, you know, tiptoed the, the end zone there. Uh, extremely, you know, high degree of difficulty making that catch. They initially called it not a touchdown on the field. I thought there was no way they'd overturn it. They did. Um, but tell you, Kobe catches everything. If Jeff Smith can catch everything, he's got speed. Um, he's, just absolutely he is burned. so it, it's, fast. It, it is wild he might, how fast he is. If he can prove himself as a legitimate receiver, this might be ridiculous. I don't know how the NFL draft works, so who knows? This might be dumb. But he could very easily you know, be a wide receiver at the next level. If he proves he can catch combined with this speed, why isn't he like a, a Tavon Austin type of guy, right? So he's my dude of the week. He's uh, he's sort of a, an afterthought sometimes, I think. Um, but I think we're lucky to have him. So dude of the week, Jeff Smith, keep it going, baby. I love the receivers. Plus Sweeney. Man, it's, it's going to be dangerous. It's a special. It's a special. We haven't had good skill players as a, as a unit in such a long time. So it's 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 again just continuing to just be a ton of fun. Do you want to go into the courtroom here for some duteous corpus, or you want to do Eagles in the wild? Matt, Matt, court is in session. The first team I'm going to bring in is Syracuse, and I'm charging them with being guilty of murder for killing Florida State. Matt. I could talk about Syracuse till I'm blue in the face. I love I love Syracuse. Well, hang on. The way so now I got I, I got to talk but... the charges here. So are they guilty okay. of murdering Florida State, or the defense on Syracuse is that Florida State was already dead, so they're not guilty, and Cuse is just also really oh, because so there's a few things at play here. Because double jeopardy, right? You can't still Ex- kill correct. someone that's already dead. Yes, got it. All right, can I take this one, please? All right. Um, I don't know if you watched the game on uh, on Saturday, but it was one of those games that I was I was really keying in on. Um, because we're, I think we talked about last episode too. We're, we're curious. All right. How bad is Florida state? You know, Syracuse can't be that good, right? They're, they're, they're good against, you know, in this alternate reality against bad teams, but, and Dungy's, you know, wins every game somehow that they shouldn't win and whatever. But 
if Florida State loses to Syracuse, they are officially done, right? We said that? Yeah, we said They're, that going yeah. in. We said that going in, but maybe Syracuse is better than where I mean, Florida State's done. Let's be very clear. Florida State is done, period. Yes. I think it's irrelevant to this game. The question is, is Syracuse actually good, or is this like, okay, Florida State, you are 10 feet underground because Syracuse still is Syracuse, and they murdered you again. Matt. Florida State almost got shut out against Syracuse's defense. It wasn't like Syracuse it was a shootout, sucks. right? That's fair. Florida State put up seven points against Syracuse. We put up 40 points, I think, in our sleep in the first half last last game, and we could have put up way more. Syracuse D is absolutely horrible. They gave up 42 to Western Michigan. This Florida State team is more screwed, I think, than people even realize. Um, they are officially dead. Syracuse's offense is officially good, um, and I think they're a dangerous team. I just... I don't know. They uh, we beat them so badly last year, but it was it was without Dungey, who's kind mm-hmm. of an X factor. They're going to be fascinating to watch um, in the in the next few weeks here because I don't I don't know what to make of Syrac- Syracuse. Uh, honestly, I, I, I what's the what's the word for in the middle between guilty and not guilty? Yeah, uh, is that mistrial? Preponderance of the evidence. Prepon- we'll call that. There's definitely a preponderance of evidence here. Yeah, I think Florida State's offensive line is maybe at least the guy there uh, on the right side is like maybe one. They might be guilty of murder. They, yeah, murder. you know what? That's a good point. Florida State's offensive line is guilty of murdering everything. Willie Taggart, I don't think, is guilty of murdering them. Like he's three games in. He hasn't, you know, as we just talked about, Daz, like you don't know what you have until a little later on. So I'm not going to say he's guilty of anything yet, but Florida State's offensive line is guilty of murdering everything florida state is dead officially that is habeas corpus duteous corpus i think that actually is maybe applicable there legitimately uh and cuse again i'll, I'll yeah the jury the jury is out on on cuse how about that all right matt i got one for you duke and i got a strong opinion on this one so just uh hold your i, I think i think duke is the real deal i think they are guilty of being a legitimate acc contender this year obviously on their side of the division which is Certainly easier. Who knows what they would do if, if, you know, they had Clemson and us to compete with. But they are, they looked really good in their first three games. They beat Northwestern, who, yeah, Northwestern lost to Akron. And we'll talk about that in a little bit because obviously they beat Purdue early on. But uh, so we don't know how good they are. But Baylor, you know, I know Baylor's been way down, but to go in there, you know, into Texas and to destroy them the way they did, obviously Baylor came back at the end and made it, you know, a pretty close game, which. That shows a little bit of a lack of a killer instinct. But, I mean, still, you can't erase the fact that they had a 30-0 lead or whatever it was at some point. So I think Duke is the real deal. I think they absolutely could challenge Miami and Vatek, uh for the division because I think both of those teams, I think we've, we've talked about the jury's still out a little bit. What do you think? Disagree completely. Okay. I, I think they're, they're – I think – None of their none of those wins are, are good. Frauds. Um, I think Army. The, I think their best wins Army probably right. I mean, their uh, be- Army think... is yeah. But like again, Army, Northwestern, Baylor. You know, it's yeah, it's not three home records, but it's they, they were my coastal dark horse. But I just want to wait and see. They they have Virginia Tech in a couple of weeks. I think at that point we'll be able to decide. You know, if they hang tight with Virginia Tech, maybe pull off the W. Um, then they'll be the real deal. But until then, uh, hold hold your horses there, pal. That's fair. All right, I'll. I'll, I'll... I'll let that one, again, jury's out on that one. And then the only other note I have, uh, it's a mistrial for NC State. I was really excited to see them play against West Virginia this past weekend. We talked about it a little bit last episode, but the hurricane obviously moved that uh, or just canceled it. They're not even going to postpone it or play it again. That was a game I was really looking forward to. That's NC State's really only test prior to them playing us. So they're going to come in undefeated when they play us after playing four, you know, nobodies. So we have no idea if they're good or not. It's a mistrial. The jury is out. You have anyone else in this courtroom, or are we adjourned? Yeah, give me give me one more. Um, give me Wisconsin. How about that upset by BYU? That was that was something. I'll tell you what. Oh oh, hold on. Badgering the witness, Matt. Well done. 
Thanks. Do you have any, any other? Do you have any comments on the game, or just that? I mean, it was it was great to get it in there. But any other comments, or was that the purpose of bringing them into the courtroom? That's all I got. Okay, perfect. All right, adjourned. You want to bang the gavel? All right. Uh, Eagles in the wild. I actually have a couple this week. Do you mind if I go first? Because I never have. Uh, Please, yeah. Suggestions you for you this. don't usually complete this assignment. No, That's I this, is, this, this always gets an incomplete for me. Uh, so the first one is just Matt Ryan versus Luke Keekley. They played this past Sunday. Kind of a boring one, but it's always, I don't know, I think it's always fun when, when they line up because they are pretty much the marquee players on each uh, on each team there, and obviously they play twice a year. I, I like it, but I always have Matty Ice as my quarterback, and I always get Carolina D, so it's kind of like one of those, <laughs> you know, Matty Ice scores a touchdown, but then the defense loses a point type of deal. You, just, you, so, you believe Marooning uh, Gold too much. You're just too loyal. Cor- correct. Yeah, I don't know what it is. So, uh, um, unfortunately, I lost again this week, but. Um, I'm 2-0, and by the way, point. so just credit to me oh, on great, that. Matt. Uh, Second one, Will Blackman, former BC great, uh, is officially joining NFL Game Day Live as an analyst. So he is after um, a 37-year career in the NFL. Yeah, he's played. He's played absolutely forever. Uh, and yeah, moving on. So it's it's always good to see you know BC guys in high-profile positions, whether it's in sports or otherwise. So I think being uh, you know in sports media here, that's that's a pretty big. That's a pretty big role for him, and he'll get well, obviously a lot of exposure uh, on Sunday mornings. I got one for you. Uh, so obviously, brutal weekend uh, in the NFL for kickers. Browns and the Vikings both cut their kickers after they missed multiple field goals. Matt, what's Nate Freeze up to? Uh, Fellow class of 2013 guy. You, you're telling me these guys, I mean, he's not getting a look? That guy could absolutely boom it. In college, I, I, in college, yes. He missed every single kick, I think. Like, I don't think I'm exaggerating in the NFL. I think the Lions no, picked I don't him think up he for a cup any. of coffee, and he missed every <laughs> single one for like 15 weeks. They gave him like a whole season to figure it out. He was. I don't terrible. know if that's true. I think it was like week two, wasn't it? It was. It, it was early. Yeah, on. He was still, so he egregiously bad, kick, but including yeah. preseason, like it was horrible. It's wild that they can't figure out the whole mental thing. I mean, I, I, I don't know. As a soccer guy, I'd love to get out. I mean, you have it, and yeah, you have it with you have it with you have it with Aguayo as well. I mean, we were saying this the other day, and this is, I guess, going a little bit off the NFL, but like it would make sense for us to just for for Boston College and really for every college to. Literally just hold open tryouts every year. Don't even recruit kickers. Just hold open tryouts on the first day of, you know, whatever, a day in the spring. Every single person who wants to come in and kick footballs can do it all day. You know, obviously some people aren't going to take it seriously. But out of the full 10,000-person school, you have to find someone who played soccer in high school or whatever it is. I mean, they did it with Aponavicius, and he's, you know, one of the best, if not the best kicker in BC modern history. Aponavicius. I, I knew for there was no way I was going to pronounce that correctly, so thank you for cleaning it up if you, if you did. Well, there's two pronunciations. Yeah, okay. <laughs> By the way, who, who was the kicker last time BC was ranked? There you go. Yeah. Uh, hang on. I'm just trying to pull up Nate Freeze's official stats here all time. I, I like the whole let's hire someone kind of like what they did with the German uh, last year. Let's yep. hire someone that has no understanding of football and doesn't understand the implications of a missed field goal. Yeah, like, I think Take that's the whole fair. mental component out of it. Um, but I understand that's in short supply. But I don't know. Go take a look across Europe, and you know they don't care about American football. So yeah. So here's so here's uh, so so Nate Freeze. He finished his career with a total of seven field goal attempts. He only made three, uh, and his long was thirty. He missed every single kick, four of them over forty yards, but made every one before forty yards. So that's good, I guess. And then he was on extra points, six for six. So only missed uh, fifty fifty seven percent. Well, if you add in that that field goal against Duke, remember we lost to, to Duke because of him. M- middle Schmidtle, of course. How can I forget? Yeah, just the numbers there. So, all right. And with, with that, let's let's dive into Purdue. Uh, we got a pretty big matchup again, going on the road to a Big Ten opponent. They've obviously started off the year 
slower than they would like at 0-3 uh, with some close losses, as we'll get into in a little bit. But before we talk football, let's, of course, do the usual Purdue bits that we need to get to. Fun facts, travel ability, as soon notable as I, st- as I put Purdue University uh, fun facts. In my oh, buddy, I have been waiting for this matchup. I've been dreading year. this episode. You guys all know Matt and astronauts. They, uh, it's, it's. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Matt, just get it over with. Yeah, just well, so, so, so I'm going to sprinkle in a little bit here, but I'll just start with the main fun fact. They have 23 total astronauts. 23. That is absolutely incredible. One in three of the manned space missions have brought a Purdue grad, which is also incredible. Uh, by my count on Wikipedia, a total of 65 combined space missions across all of their Purdue astronauts. That's absolutely phenomenal. More on the astronauts in just a little bit. Don't worry. I'm, I'm going to dive pretty deep here. Uh, my other fun Do they have fact, any famous ones? Uh, sit tight, bud. <laughs> okay. You got a lot coming your way in a minute here. Uh, <laughs> my other fun fact, just because I didn't want it to just be only astronaut focused, they have a rivalry trophy with Illinois. Shout out to our uh, legal friend, uh, DMART. Uh, rivalry trophy with Illinois that is a cannon. So that's kind of a cool rivalry trophy. More importantly, I would say, than, than any of that, Arguably. astronauts or any of the above. Um, did you know, Matt, Kermit the Frog is named after a pr- Purdue professor? No, I did so not. That's, Ju- that's a good fact. Jim Henson was a friend of Theodore Kermit Scott growing up, who is a professor of philosophy at Purdue University. Huh. You didn't save him for your notable alumni, I guess. No. So, yeah. So. Oh, sorry. Uh, I mean, I mean... I, we're cooking with gas on the alumni, as you guys are about to hear about. Um those guys, these guys are loaded. They they have a lot of famous people. It's uh, it's it's, it's pretty good. If if you don't mind, I want to go first here because I have a special edition that I want to uh, I want to take a look at here. So obviously last week we did uh, famous I guess mascot names if that's what we call it, and that's what we're going to do when we have repeat opponents. But Purdue being a first timer, we got to go back to basics and, and go for just the basic alumni. But again, due to some special circumstances, I have a very special. Top five plus six man notable alumni that personally I just want to run with myself, and then we'll get into the regular special astronaut edition. So really quick, Matt, I'm going to give you. I'd my... like to go first, uh, Neil Armstrong. Yeah. So this is this is my segment here. It's the top six oh, okay. astronauts. So just run down the list. Neil Neil Armstrong, first man to walk on the moon. Gus Grissom, the second American to ever fly in space. Jerry Ross, seven space missions, tied for the most in the world. Eugene Cernan, the most recent man to walk on the moon, uh, which, by the way, was in 1972. So NASA needs to figure it out, the fact that we haven't sent another person to the moon in, what is that, 46 years? That's ridiculous. Uh, Fifth is, I'm sorry, no. Uh, Yeah, fifth is Gary Payton, the astronaut, not the NBA player. No, he played for the Sonics. Yeah, so this one also went to space. Uh, And then Roger Chafee, who was also killed in Apollo 1, which was supposed to be the first mission to send people uh, to the moon. But two of the three crew members who died in a training accident, horrible. The training pod burned like a month before they were supposed to go. It was awful. Three guys were on the mission. Two of them were Purdue guys, this Roger Chafee guy, and then Gus Grissom, who was the second American to fly in space. So for all of you asking, I know everyone was looking forward to this bit. Uh, those are my top five plus six-man Purdue astronauts. With that, let's dive into the real Top five, six-man notable alumni. Matt, I think you don't understand our target audience (laughs) and their equivalent love affair of astronauts. Um, All right, my first notable alumni, I'll I'll go with Orville Redenbacher in the one Oh, I did not see him on the list. Are you kidding me? He's like literally the, the top famous alum. I mean, with uh, he seems like a Purdue guy, just like kind of by the look of him, but I had no idea. All right, keep going. So obviously the, the inventor and founder of popcorn, um, as far as I know, at least, I think he invented popcorn. Um, and I'll tell I'll tell you this about Redenbacher, Orville Redenbacher popcorn, Matt. 
it's better if you get the movie theater butter. Mm-hmm. I know we're not, you know, that's not like a groundbreaking thing, but I just want to put that out there. That's where I stand on that. Um, obviously graduated uh, with a degree in agronomy, which I assume is the study of popcorn. Yeah, I think I think that's that's pretty obvious. Uh, for my two, for my number two and my number three picks here, I'm going to go back to back pilots. Uh, Sully Sullenberger, who of course landed his plane in the Hudson, uh, probably what like ten years ago, made a great movie out of it. Everyone loves Tom Hanks. And my third pick, a little Matt, bit of a yeah. Go what's, ahead. What's what's his first name? Uh, Chelsea Chester, something with a C H. Chesley. Chesley. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a weird name, but Sully's better. Um, and with my third pick, she's technically a faculty member, not an alumni, but we're going to make an exception. Amelia Earhart. Uh, she died flying, but she was a very famous pilot. And I feel like What's in general, next? we don't get enough woman representation on these top five lists. Shout out to me for being progressive here and, you know, trying to make things even. Yeah, I could. I'm, I'm just, I don't see gender. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> for my next, uh, I was going to say something. Oh, uh, <laughs> by the way, Matt, uh, you literally just picked the next closest thing to astronauts. As, as pilots. <laughs> they were actually listed in the astronaut and like aeronautical section. It's a good point. All right. In my four hole, um, I'm going to go with a combo. So they have both the inventor of the chicken nugget and the current CEO of McDonald's as alumnus. Uh, I didn't record the name, but that's a package deal at number four. I got Robert. Robert um, Baker is the name of the chicken nugget, man. I didn't write down the McDonald's guy. Yeah. I don't think it's Ray Kroc. I think he's the founder, but he's, he's dead. I assume is dead. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's long gone. Yeah. Um, and then number five, uh, I'll go with Rob Peterson, who was the lead animator on Toy Story, which obviously, uh, you know, revolutionized the film industry as we know it. it was one of the, the first or I guess the, the, the most realistic or whatever is Toy Story's legacy. I don't have to explain it to you guys. Um, Matt, unofficial power ranking of Toy Stories, by the way. One, two, three. Controversial, I know. You say three is the worst? Yeah. I go one, three, two. I don't love three as I much as I think that's common. One, one is the I best. Two is underrated. I, I love stinks. that. You know, the, the prospect there, Stinky Pete, he's he's phenomenal. I'm out he's on two. Guy. I'm out on two, relatively. Uh, Bob Peterson also, by the way, was the voice of Roz and director of Up. So he's had a pretty dynamic Pixar career. Um, what do we have? One left here? Yeah. I'm going to go with, uh, I'll go with Jim Gaffigan. Go for a big name. He only went there for his first year before transferring to Georgetown. Uh, obviously a huge comedian, probably a top you know five name in, in comedy and mainstream comedy these days. Played football there at Purdue and then later at, at Georgetown as well. So shout out the Hoyas. Uh, my only uh, notable exception here, or uh, honorable mention rather, uh, Ted Allen, the host of Chopped. Great show, and he's made a nice little career out of himself being the host of a phenomenal uh, cooking program. You got anyone else Good that we for- missed? No, that that's it. Um, I, this was a little rushed homework wise for me, but the ones that I did find, I mean, those are those, those are, are pretty uh, yeah. impressive guys, right? Those are big time uh, astronauts. Astronauts aside, um, all right. So let's uh, let's make our way into the football, but we're not quite there yet. So let's let's first kick it off with the travelability score, and this one's actually interesting because we very nearly did travel to this game, <laughs> we um, did. but but as we'll explain, we 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 did not quite get there. Um, Matt, I'll kick it off. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, Obviously, it's a it's a you know it's in West Lafayette, I believe, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got both of those places yeah, you right, it. city and state. Yeah, um, it, I mean, it's obviously a, a road game against a Big Ten opponent. That part's cool. We don't play them all that often. Um, it would be a logistical nightmare, though, and I think that's part of the reason why we didn't uh, end up going. We'd have to fly into Chicago to take a bus somewhere to jump on a party bus somewhere else. It would have been fun, but it's. Uh, it's a little tough. We are going to NC State. More on that to come. We will be there, live boots on the ground. Um, but 
plus the new kickoff, you throw that in. It's just, it, it was, it was going to be a lot for us to, uh, to make it over there. That said, Matt, we're undefeated. And when we're undefeated, I'm going minimum 22 RVs. And I think with this one, it's week four, offense looks good. They're a winnable opponent. You know, you go out on a high. Uh, and I think they have a pretty good tailgate scene out there, but I'm saying that based off of nothing. Uh, I'm going to go 24.7 RVs. Okay. Yeah. Pretty. I'm, I'm pretty much on the same page here. Uh, so the positives I'll start with first. We're ranked. We're undefeated. So obviously there's a huge amount of uh, excitement that comes along that. It is a road game in the Big Ten. We don't do that very often. It's a unique opponent. So it's a trip that you can make, you know, pretty infrequently. This isn't something we can do every other year like our ACC foes. And then obviously for the weather, uh, 71 and sunny with virtually no wind, just a picture-perfect Midwest day for football. Faces two high-powered offenses, so it should be a pretty exciting game to watch. It's not going to be like the Wake Forest game from 2016 where it was 3-0. Um, the negatives, of course, like you mentioned, Wake uh, West Lafayette is in the absolute middle of nowhere. I actually think that it's like not a very fun town or school, so I'm going to say the tailgate scene is is not good it's also not based on a lot but so we're probably somewhere in the middle there noon start like you said and purdue is zero and three yeah we'll get into it a little bit they're a, a good zero and three but it's hard to move the needle when uh you know you you're the only team on the field with a win so with that i'm gonna go 22.4 rvs i i don't hate it i think uh, i think we're on the same page i do think it'd be cool i mean that's uh, when do we play them again or, or do we not not, do, not on the road it was, that was a home and home yeah, that, and that's the only thing that, that you know again for a lot of these home and homes, it's like you probably should go out of your way for it. But West Lafayette, Indiana is just not one of those that's that's in any way, shape, or form ever going to be on my bucket list. Unless I want to go be an astronaut, but who knows? We had this whole well, – you didn't go to Purdue, so good luck. Uh, we had this whole elaborate plan of seeing the, the Penn State game. I think plays on Friday. I forget who they played. Illinois. But it was at Illinois. Be. So we were going uh, go right. to so go to our, Illinois. Our, our, our former roommate uh, at University of Illinois and watch them get massacred by Penn State on Friday night. And then watch BC, you know, massacre Purdue. And it would have been fun, but it was a uh, lot going on, so we ended up doing it. But uh, stay tuned for, for future road trips. I let one slip earlier. Spoiler alert. But we are, we are going to NC State, so book it. <laughs> We'll be boots on the ground, like I said. Uh, but we're taking this one game at a time here, Matt. So uh, yep. with that, let's talk football. Are we ready to talk football? Uh, why don't you go first? Because I, uh, I got to play catch up here. Yeah, sure. So just kind of in general, how we match up the strengths and, and weaknesses. So by far their biggest attack, uh, I'm sorry, their biggest strength on offense is their aerial attack. They're averaging 325 yards per game in the air. Last week, they put up 572 against an SEC defense, a lower level SEC defense, but still they have this freshman wide receiver, Rondell Moore, who is absolutely electric. Very similar to Greg Dorch last week. You don't want to let this guy get the ball in his hands with any open field whatsoever. Lightning speed. He's got three touchdowns on the year, 130 yards from scrimmage per game, which is obviously a pretty tremendous amount. Overall, it should be a pretty good test for our secondary. Uh, fortunately, that is our best unit on D. We have th- Their quarterbacks have thrown four interceptions so far, so I think it is a good opportunity for for our guys to get a little pressure. And, and again, if they're going to be throwing a lot, which we kind of expect they will, uh, should be a lot of balls in the air for, for you know, our big four to, to come away with a few of them. The running game is, is definitely slower. Um, they only got 42 yards on the ground last week, but it was good earlier. They got 341 on the ground against Eastern Michigan in a rainy day and then 200 uh, against Northwestern. Overall, I think our front seven should be able to get a decent amount of pressure. Like I said, uh, you know, disrupt some stuff. Just a couple other quick hitters here. David Bloch, or Bluff, I don't know how to pronounce it, was the starter last week. I think week it's against Blog. <laughs> David Blog was the starter last week against Missouri. Broke all kinds of records in the Big Ten and Purdue history, Drew Brees' record, whatever. 
The question is, oh, they, they get a contra- they get a quarterback exactly. Yep. Right? So Delta, we don't know if they can nod because the original starter uh, Elijah Zindelar is questionable to return. I think he got hurt in the Eastern Michigan game. It you know it's it's almost like Ryan Fitzpatrick in the NFL. I don't know how you can sit a guy after breaking every single record that your school has ever put up. Um, so we'll see. Overall, they have a top twenty-five offense according to the S and P rankings, putting up five hundred and twenty yards per game. And then defensively, they're weak. They're 92nd in the S&P rankings. They lost nine players on defense from last year, you know, which was a good, a good team and a good defense, giving up 475 yards per game, mostly through the air. Tony touchdowns should absolutely feast on this secondary and on this defense. And AJ obviously will have plenty of room on the ground. Lastly, only other points I have, uh, they're 0-3, but all losses by a total of eight points combined. All three are not to great teams. Obviously, Northwestern just lost to Akron. Eastern Michigan is in the MAC, and Mizzou is bottom of the barrel SEC. But a lot of people out there are saying they're the best 0-3 team and that this is kind of an upset special. So it could be it could be an interesting game, let's say that much. We talked either – it was either offline or maybe it was one of the, the episodes a couple weeks ago. Um, Purdue kind of scared the crap out of me in a loss to Northwestern. And maybe that's because I just hadn't seen football in a while. It was like the Thursday night or Friday night kickoff, whatever it was. Um you know, the thought was Northwestern was a pretty good team, and it was a close game, uh, sort of a shootout. And I was scared of, of Purdue's offense. I, I sort of recognized their defense stunk. I didn't realize how bad their defense actually was. Uh, it turns out Northwestern's not really that good. Um, so that's probably not a, not a great situation for them. I, I probably don't think they're a good football team, uh, Matt. I probably don't think that. But part of me is scared by that offense, especially you touched <laughs> right on Ron Elmore. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> He's kind of an X factor, and I, I, I don't know. I get all these. Fo- I'm sure everyone, you know, everyone does. But uh, the I, I find myself watching the Big Ten Network, you know, more often than not, or more often than I should, I guess I'll say. And they had a a series on on Purdue and and Coach Brom and you know some of the guys, and they did sort of a profile on Rondell Moore. And this guy's just a stud. There was a video of him that benching. He's this this small, you know, slot receiver type of guy um, who benched or squatted. squatted i forget yep, i forget squatted. what it was what 600 pounds or something yep. i mean this guy is an animal and uh and he's got absolute wheels he he it was one of those he had a breakout performance week one um but ultimately i think this game is going to come down to defense and we touched on it earlier but how do you defend us right now right i mean that's, yeah that's the big you have question to, you it's ha- impossible you have to stack the box or else aj is going to go off um but you better have some damn good defensive backs you know that can handle sort of one-on-one isolation or else you're going to get burned in the air. You know, Wake Forest couldn't handle that. Um, I don't think these guys are. These guys were, were got torched, like I said, against against uh, Northwestern. Um, they're, they're ranked pretty weak in the in the defensive S&P. And I, I don't know. I, I think it's probably going to be AJ's turn to have a, a huge game here. But I don't know. With this team, you never know. So, I don't know. I, I really think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I got us covering the spread, and I got us by a lot, Matt. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go through just quickly my the points I'm going to watch for, and then I'll get into my prediction, and we'll and we'll get yours as well. So, kind of the there's a few things I'm, I'm going to be looking for here. Number one, who's going to be starting for them at QB, like we talked about. Number two, what's their defensive strategy going to be? I mean, we mentioned that as well. Are they going to respect the pass because of what Tony Touchdowns did last week? If they do, that will just open up everything for AJ, and he'll put up Heisman numbers. Can we force turnovers again with the uncertain QB situation? Them throwing a lot should be pretty easy. Are they better than their record or are they deflated? I think you get a lot of 0-3 teams that are just kind of ready to pack it in. But then this next Nothing point, to lose though, right? That, that's that's part of it, right? I mean, they're, they're yeah, a no, team. Right. And then, they're going to be hungry for a win. Especially against the top 25 team. So I think, I and, think they're well, putting a, and they're well coached. Yeah, right? they're well I mean, coached. There's a team that, that Coach Brom has, you know, 
did a what they five win turnaround last year. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they're always in the cellar. And last year, I think they they won seven or eight games, right? So yep. they're well coached. That the guy knows what he's doing. I think they've had some tough breaks and they've lost some close games. I don't think they're talented enough to hang with us. But you're right. I mean, it, it's sort of one of those games that could very well. I don't think. And here's the other thing, right? I mean, are we looking ahead? Maybe not to Temple, but are we looking ahead to what's after that? NC State. NC State. That's, I don't know. That's why I think we're safe. People, I think we're safe because we have Temple next week. If we had Clemson next week, I would be very concerned. But I think fortunately, is Temple it's, a trap game. Stay tuned next week. We'll talk about it. <laughs> nice, nice, uh, nice segue there. But but they're getting so much hype, right? Are they going to uh, get complacent? Are they starting to believe the hype? I don't think they will. I don't think Dazio will let them. But uh, I don't know that that's sort of what I'm watching out for. And then obviously special teams. Have we figured that out? Can we go a game without having a special team snafu that leads to a touchdown? Yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath for that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. When, when you get embarrassed on national TV like that, maybe the special teams guys figured it out. Ricky Brown figure it out. I don't know. We'll see. Matt, yeah. I'm going to give you my official prediction. We're coming up on, on the hour here. Um, I got the Eagles 42-10, to 10, which I know is, is aggressive. I know it's you know a, a Big Ten school on the road. Um, and I don't want to believe my own hype, but I think there's a chance we lose this game. But I got I got 42 to 10. I think, you know, our guys are just better than theirs, and I think our offense, if we replicate the same game plan um, that we did against Wake, uh, AJ and or Anthony will have a big game. It's it's almost a, a guarantee. Um, 42 to 10 official Matt number one fourth and dude prediction. Yeah, I like it. I'm a little tighter than you, but overall on the same page. I mean, once again. Similar to last week, but we are just a much better team on paper uh, and on the field. We have a red-hot offense that should absolutely keep feasting on this defense. I think we definitely put up 40 points again. If our secondary and pressure up front can slow their passing game down you know, whatsoever, force a couple turnovers, this game should never be in doubt. Obviously, like you covered, it's still a little frisky with our special teams and with maybe us having a target on our back in the top 25 it's homecoming for them, and again, they have nothing to lose. So there's definitely some factors here that, you know, make me a little bit uneasy, and I'm hoping that the the anxiety will be gone like within a quarter. But something to I guess to be aware of overall, though, I think talent wins out. We are a much better team. We wear them down, and they are morally defeated. So I think if things start to turn bad for them, I think they'll just kind of almost lie down and give up. Overall, I'm going 44 to 24, a little tighter than you, but still pretty comfortable. Never really in doubt. Uh, and you know, overall it's, it's, like I said earlier, this hype train is just an absolute blast to be a part of, and I cannot wait to keep it rolling on Saturday. As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fourth and dude. We'll see you at Dewey's if you're in Manhattan, but enjoy the game from wherever it is you're watching. Matt, the road to 15 and 0 marches on. It's always a great day to be a dude.